So today I'm going to conclude that Kingdom Thing series with this subject, and the subject is receiving my new life. Say this with me, receiving, receiving. My, new life. my new life. What does that look like? Well, if you just take the title of this and focus on only the title, Receiving My New Life, it is, as, it is seemingly that it is only for new believers. The truth is, today the subject will cover all of us. Um, because the reality of it is, no matter where we are in our walk with the Father, no matter how long we've been a kingdom son or daughter, no matter when it was that we received Jesus Christ as our Savior, doesn't matter when that happened, what is important is that over time, if we are not continuously receiving our new life, we will become stagnant in one that began as a new life, but became an old one. Does that make sense? We will become stagnant in that. And my encouragement today through this message is that none of us allow ourselves to grow stagnant in a place that should always be full of life. In fact, I noticed a few things today that I love about this place that is very apparent if you give it your attention for just a moment. When we were in the back and we meet every Sunday before we come out here, I speak of that often because a lot happens uh, when we meet back there before we come out here. Often, that is the groundwork for what we walk through together here. And when we were back there this morning, there was a lot of laughter and not just ha 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 ha. There was a lot of ha ha ha, you know, laugh, deep laughing that was happening in there and it's moving. And, and I noticed that then uh, when we were back there, several different things that occurred and we had those guttural gut, those anyway, good laughing. And it was amazing. And I love that. When that is present, it is a sign that we like to be together. We really enjoy being around one another. Then, when I came out here, or when service began out here, and we began with the music and the worship and the praise, and, and we're singing through each song, and we're celebrating the Father, I was paying close attention again to what I was hearing around me. And what I was hearing around me was people shouting. It was people that were declaring. It was people that were unafraid to express themselves because they enjoy being around the people they're with. There is a celebration. There is something that says, I can change here. I can grow here. I can become new here. It is a safe. I can lift my, if I've never done that before, even if I'm embarrassed to lift my hands for the first time, I can do that here. And there was a loudness. There is a passion. There is a zeal. Because we genuinely love each other at the Rock of Central Florida. We like to get together. Doesn't mean that there aren't times that you might not love someone. Or at least feel like you love them as much as you did the week before. I don't know what goes on in everybody's week when you have conversations with people. But sometimes there's a little speed bump here or there. But we always, because we're kingdom people, we work that out. We find a way to resolution because that's the way the Father works in His sons and in His daughters. Amen? But I love that feeling 
I love that sense when you hear the loudness, even in the break, when we broke and told you to greet one another, it gets loud in here. I can carry on a conversation with someone up here, and it could be something that needed to be completely private, and you would never know it because you're so loud out there. Because you're talking. Nobody says, what'd you do this week? Nobody, nobody says, what'd you do this week? Oh, we went here. We went to Disney Springs. We went here. It's like this. Hey, what'd you do this week? Man, we went to Disney Springs and we went to Universal or we went to the park or we walked around Lake Monroe. It was awesome. It's loud. You're so excited and energetic about those things that you do. You bring it. So the person you're talking to, by the time you finish your conversation, they rode your ride. They walked around Lake Monroe. They experienced whatever it was, and that is the nature of where the kingdom of God is alive. It, he causes even the simple things that we do to become things that are full of life. And when we have relationship with Him, receiving that new life, no matter how far along the journey you are, you could be starting it, you could be in the middle of it, you could have been a long, long way into it. And no matter where we are in that journey, I started to say you could be at the end of it, but we're not saying that about anybody. None of us are. And you could be a long way into that. And on that journey, when we continually say, I want to receive new life, man, we are growing every day. And the reason you're loud when you talk to one another is because you are going to people and receiving from their life. They're receiving from your life. That's why when we interact before service, after service, in the middle of service, during service, whenever that interaction takes place. Some of you interact while I'm preaching. I get it. I know. But when you're, all that's happening, you are drawing and they are drawing. And man, it is such a reflection of how you are receiving the life that Christ is bringing and delivering and ministering and, better word, imparting to you and, and to me. So I want to talk about this today and then um, at some point in this I'm going to invite someone to come and, and share from their perspective on this as well. And we'll be doing that shortly. So let me begin today by asking you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Is the app working yet? Alright, well. Turn in your Bibles. <laughs> To 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Is it working? No. Oh. <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> All right, thank you. He's got it. Matt is the only one with an operating app this morning. So let me ask a question. Or let me make a statement, then I'm going to ask a question. Receiving Christ and becoming a part of His kingdom is Yahweh's gift to you and me. Now I want you to look at somebody, whoever they might be. Everybody, please look at somebody, even if you don't know them. Look at whoever's closest to you and say, Receiving Christ, Receiving Christ. and becoming a part of His kingdom, kingdom. is God's gift, God's gift to you and me. Now strike hands with them because you're coming into agreement with that. You're receiving. If you're receiving that gift, strike hands with them again. I'm receiving that gift. Amen? So, let me ask this then. Let me, following that statement, let me throw out this question. What does it look like to go from a life that did not include God to a life that is all about God? What does it look like? Some of us might not even remember. Well, I don't know that that's actually possible. 
You know, there's something to be said about, the, you know, when you hear people that will say to you, you know, when you, you forgive and then you forget. Well, I can tell you, God forgave me a long time ago, but I have never forgotten what I came from. I know I'm forgiven, but I have never forgotten what he forgave me of. I, never, I have never forgotten. If someone asked me, do you remember what you, if they ask anybody, you ask somebody and they say, no, because God forgave and I forgot. Just lay hands on them and say, lion devil. <laughs> because I have not forgotten one thing that he redeemed me of. I can look back on those days and I can even be louder today and celebrate what he redeemed me of. So let me ask it again. So what does it look like to go from a life that did not include God into a life that now is all about God? What does that look like? So 2 Corinthians chapter 5 in the English Standard Version, verse 17. They'll put it on the screen for you if you were planning on using the Bible app this morning. And it is this. It says, Therefore... If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has now come. Let me read it again. I read scriptures a lot, more than once, simply because I want it to sink in. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has now come. In the message, I want to read it as well. In the message, it requires a few more verses to read it, but in the Bible version called the message, it takes it a little bit deeper. And I want everyone in this room, whether you're a new believer or an older believer or a whatever, I hope you always live like a new one. So that you're as hungry today as you were when you first started the journey. Always live like a new one. That's a state. We need to put that on a shirt. Live like a new one. The message, chapter 5, verses 16 through 20 says, Because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah that way once, and we got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. He's not just a carpenter's boy, not just a little kid. Now we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh and brand new start. He is created brand new. The old life, it is gone. A new life, I love, love, I love this word, virgins. A new life explodes into existence. You got to get what I just said. If we are new in Him, the moment we come to Christ, a new life explodes, it, it burgeons, which means this, it explodes into existence. In other words, it is there. We'll talk, come back to that in just a second. Look at it. It says, look at what is now in front of you. This is sometimes, I'm going to pause right there, pause for just a moment. Hopefully I can find that very spot. But... This is what it looks like when, if we're not careful, when we're in the faith for any length of time, and we're believers for any length of time, 
when we allow, if we allow, and we do not enter into every day as a new one. I enter into every day as a brand new son in Christ. Because today, I don't want today to look like yesterday. But if I go into every day expecting that it is going to be a mirror image of the one before it, If I do that, at some point, there's no longer a burgeoning, an explosion that is taking place. And I stop looking at what is in front of me. Because I've accepted in my own world that it is only going to be as good as yesterday. Or it cannot be better than yesterday. That isn't true. The danger is, when we are in the faith for any length of time, that we look at this, that the Father wants to be an explosion of possibilities. And we look at this and we say... What more can he do? Did you, do you know what he did yesterday? What can he do with this day? Do you know where I spent my yesterday? What is it? What's possible? We got to receive our new life. We got to receive what was in front of us when he first gave it to us. What did it look like then? I can tell you the look of it has not changed. The opportunities within that new life have not gotten any different today than they were in the beginning. He is the same God capable of doing the same thing, miraculous things today as He was on July the 8th, 1985. And then He says this, He says, All this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and Him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. Gotta love that. God put the world square within Himself through the Messiah. And I got to touch base on this. I don't even know how this fits in. Maybe one of you prophetically will know. Don't make it up if you don't. Don't sit there and try to figure out, let's see, I'm going to get something prophetic out of this. But when I went to bed last night, I had an interesting thought. I fell asleep early. I fell asleep on my couch at 8.12. That was the last time I looked at the clock, and then I woke up an hour later and went to bed. But, but when I went to bed, between the time I left my sofa and got into the bed, when I got into the bed, the thing that hit my spirit, which was an odd thing, because these things do not happen to me frequently. My wife will blame it on medicine sometimes when I'm on medicine. But I went to bed, and I'm laying there, and I thought this. There are no corners on the human body. Is that a strange thing? Well, I thought so. But Holy Spirit put in me, and I know it was Holy Spirit because I sat there and I dwelt on it for a little bit before I fell back asleep, but I still remember it. And I'm going to look more into it. I don't know the answer yet. But he said, he made me aware there are no corners or edges on the human body. None. Nothing about us is square. It's round. No, you're not round like that round, but your head isn't square. Your jaw, even if it has an appearance of being square, there is, no, there is no sharp edge to it. Your body, your fingertips, they're round. There's nothing square about the human, human body. Nothing square. And I had that thought last night, and then as I read this, and I didn't know, actually, I was reading this verse this morning, so I'm only saying this, I'm, I'm right now speaking spontaneously, out of what he's putting together in my heart. So he says, all things come from God, the God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. God put the world square within himself through the Messiah. And when I read it a minute ago, I read it now and I still see the same thing. He squared everything in him so that we, couldn't, we didn't have to be. The Messiah, so that we wouldn't have edges. He removed the edges 
from you and me. He removed those places. Very simple, but that's, that's what I'm getting. Giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task of telling everyone what He is doing. Where we're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ Himself now. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. I love that. So again, I go back to the question, what does it look like to go from a life that did not include God to a life that is all about God? And then simply put, if anyone is in Christ, he's brand new. The perspective, he changes the perspective. Questions are born through salvation. The beginning of honor always is a question. So questions are born when we come into the rela- a relationship with, with the Father. When we receive Christ, immediately He puts within us those questions that say, how do I become this? How do I do that? And the questions that arise in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit, do not happen haphazardly. It isn't a serendipitous journey it is a journey that is intentional and the father puts those questions in you because it is questions he wants you to allow holy spirit to answer as you grow in him does that make sense so again what does it look like to go from a life that didn't include god to a life that's all about god and i'm going to say this when i don't i'm going to say it the only the way i wrote it when does not does not mean did not. Say this with me. When does not, does not mean did not. Let me read that statement I read a moment ago one more time. A life that, everybody say, does not include God. You don't have to say that part. Does not, say that part. You don't have to say this part. Mean that it was a life that, say this part, did not, don't say anything else, believe in God. It does not, does not, did not. It does not. A life that does not include God does not mean that it was a life that did not believe in God. All of us know people, perhaps you know people that are close to you or not so close to you. We know of people that believed in God, but their life did not include God. There was no inclusion of His Word. There was no inclusion of what mattered to Him. In fact, most people that you meet today, wherever you might go, whether on your job, in your house, in your family, in your neighborhood, wherever it might be, most people that you meet, if you were to ask them, do you believe in God? I do believe in God. But then you ask them, what does that mean to you? Well, I just know that He is. But there is no evidence that there is God in them. They believe in God, but there's no evidence that there is a God they believe in, in them. So again, a life that does not include God does not mean that it was a life that did not believe. So there are many people whose lives do not reflect a new life that new life, many people whose lives do not reflect a relationship with Him, that even though it doesn't reflect it, it doesn't mean they don't believe in God. So I want to say this to you. It is time for all of us, everybody say me, and the person next to me, time for all of us to put on 
that new self, that new garment, to put on that new self, to be aware and to say, you know what, I don't want to be the one that believes in God. And I'm saying this to everyone. Even if you already have relationship with Him, no matter where you are on your journey, if you're in the middle of it, or you haven't started it, or you are just beginning that relationship, I want to say to you, there is a new life that the Father has promised to breathe into every single person that will receive His Son, Jesus Christ. There are opportunities awaiting you to be born again into something greater than whatever it is that you have been. Ephesians 4 verses 21, let's begin there. Ephesians 4 21 in the English Standard Version reads like this. Assuming that you have heard about Christ and were taught in Him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires. That former manner, it is corrupt because before Christ, the only life you could live was a selfish one. When we become children of God, When you, some of you today, my prayer is, online or in this house, will make a decision to receive Jesus Christ, and when you come into this relationship, suddenly, it will no longer be about you. A metamorphosis occurs. And there is something that is in you that will cause you to begin to want to honor God, even when honoring God might defy your mind logic. So Ephesians 4.21 says, Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt, because it can only be deceitful, because it's selfish, and to be renewed in the spirit of of your minds, or let me read this differently, and to be renewed by the Spirit of God in your mind. To be renewed by the Spirit of God, the passion of God, the wisdom of God, the nature of God. Be renewed in your mind because now you will begin to be aware of all that God wants for you. And put on... The new you. Put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So what does this mean? I remember, as I said a moment ago, I have not forgotten uh, who I was, what I looked like. Maybe I've forgotten some of the experiences, but I have not forgotten that how I was and the who I was before I received Jesus Christ intentionally. I had received Jesus Christ before... It was my choice because it was someone else's choice. There were times, a couple of times in my life when someone said, say this prayer after me and we want you to do this. And I did it because they wanted me to do it. But I didn't want to do it. I did it because I didn't want to talk to them anymore. Or because I had somewhere I wanted to be. But I didn't do it because I wanted to do it. Just get me through this moment. And then I'm going to keep being myself. But on July the 8th, 1985, when Christ came to me and it it was in my heart. Now, I want to know Him. I don't want to know Christ because my dad knows Christ. I don't want to know Christ because that preacher said some cool things up there. I don't want to know Christ because somebody else believes in Christ that I know. I want to know Christ because I want to know Christ. In the same way that we used to put, I'd put my hands on my children's, I used to do that a lot. I would hold their head 
And I'd look in their face. The day will come when he's no longer mom and dad's God, but he's your God. The day will come. Today, you're looking to us for all the answers. But the day will come when he's no longer our God, but he's your God. It doesn't mean when he becomes your God, he's no longer our God. It just means he's such a great God, he can be all of our gods that will receive him personally. So again, he says, put on the new self created after the likeness of God. And I remember when I came to Christ, and the day before I got saved, that night before, you know the story, I'm going to tell it very quickly so I don't hang on this, uh, this very long. But when I pulled up, I thought I was the coolest kid in town. I tried to be, because really what was happening was, I wasn't cool. I was insecure. And I was going to a place that I had no idea what was going to happen inside of that church. So in order to hide my insecurities, my fears, my inhibitions, my anxieties, I put on an air of coolness. I put on an air of confidence that really didn't exist. And I drove into that parking lot, I put my sunglasses on, and I'm smoking a cigarette sitting on the back end of my, tr- my uh, 1974 Cutlass Supreme with 60s on the back, jacked up with air shot. It was beautiful. had Kregers all around. Most of you don't know what Kregers are. But it was a beautiful vehicle. Brown, fast, wonderful. I used to, anyway, I loved that car. And I sat on the front end of that car, and as I sat on the front end of that car, and this guy comes up to me, I didn't know who he was, and he was, I found out later, was a youth pastor, but as he came up to me, and he said, what are you here for? What can I help you with? And I told him, I want to go to church. I saw that you had a sign out there that said you were having church, and, and I want to go. And he said, well, we're not having it tonight. It's tomorrow night. You can come back then. I said, okay. I put my cigarette out. I got in my car, drove home, and I said, I'm going tomorrow night to my cousin. I'm not going to tell all the details, but I went the next night. When I got there the next night, I had my sunglasses on. I didn't have a cigarette in my mouth, but I had my sunglasses on. I walked in. There were a lot of people. There's a big church, a thousand people. And I walked into the back of the church, and I get in there, and I sat down on the back row. Didn't know anybody. Didn't know what they were preaching. Didn't know what this church was about. Then it was an assembly of God, and I told you, many of you, what my cousin said to me. He said, why would you go to an assembly? You don't know what God's assembled there. And I literally thought about that for a second. You're right. What God are they serving? If there's an assembly of God, how many gods are there? And that was my, because that was my level of understanding. And I went into the back of that church and I sat down on the back row. And, and really, honestly, if I were going to name the denomination, I would have called it something else because that was really deceptive to people that don't know the Father. Anyway, that's another story. But I come in and I sat down on the back row. And when I sat down on the back row, I left my sunglasses on the entire service, never took them off. But no one ever thought to come back there and say, you know what, it's really rude for you to wear those sunglasses. They came there and they shook my hand and they hugged my neck and they greeted me and they welcomed me and I felt like I was important to them, that I mattered to them, didn't matter what I came in. I was hiding. Those sunglasses were my ability, If you can, because in my mind, even though I wouldn't admit it, and maybe this is the first time I've ever actually admitted this, in my mind I felt like if you can't see my eyes, you don't really know what I'm thinking. If you can't look into my eyes, you can't see the fear that is boiling up in me right now. I don't know anybody in this packed out building and you're freaking me out because you're all hugging one another. You're all doing weird things. People are, it's just, there's craziness going on. Do you all realize how crazy this looks? And all of these fears that were in me. And I sat on that back row through the entire service with those sunglasses on, hiding myself from what I believed was any potential for the Father to do a miracle. And yet he did. Long story short. And yet he got a hold of me got a hold of my heart the next night and moved me because I went back the next night, sunglasses on, walked down to the front of the church, sunglasses on, never took them off. This is a night service. Never took them off. 
The only person in the entire building with sunglasses on in the building because I thought I was cool. In my mind, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be cool. I'm going to be the cool guy. But in reality, probably everybody in that congregation was probably looking and thinking, what in the world's that guy got his sunglasses on for? No one ever asked. But I came down there and I hid behind the wall that I felt like I needed to hide behind in order to come to the place where God could do a work in me. And I walked down to the front. And anyway, that night, I got saved. That night, I received Christ and a journey began in me where there was a born-again experience in me. I didn't just get saved that would last for a moment. I was born again. Literally, in my life, I, I, in the beginning, came out of the womb of my mother who is watching right now. Thanks, Mom, for bringing me into this earth. But in the Spirit, but in the Spirit, I was born from the loins of God. And that night, something miraculous took place in Steve Parker and suddenly I have to make a decision because none of my family is serving God. None of my family is serving God. My cousin who I hung out with all the time and I loved, he was my brother, he wasn't my cousin, we were incredibly close, I can't even tell you how close, but I knew the moment I got saved, let me tell you what I knew, and I didn't know this because I went to a new foundations class. I didn't know this because I'd heard somebody say it before. But in my heart, on my way home, which was probably a 10-minute drive from Aldine Westfield to Collindale Drive, on my way home from that building, when I'm driving home, I know in my heart things are about to change. And already, I can't tell you what all of them were, but whole, not because I don't want to, because I don't remember that. But I know that in my heart, Holy Spirit was already saying, this is going to change. I want you to begin to... I, w I became aware because I was, I a new self was put on. Right. And that new self could not include all of the things that the old self included. Right. New garments were put, I was putting on and the old garments smelled like the old self. Yeah. So the Father was transforming me. I was receiving my new life without being able to verbalize that or, or put that into language. I was receiving my new self and the Father was saying to me, He was saying, Steve, these things are going to change. And I immediately began in my own mind, driving home 10 minutes away. I was aware my relationship with my cousin, who's my best friend, is going to change. You might see it differently. I'm just telling you what He said to me. But I knew my relationship with my cousin was going to change. I knew my relationship with most of my family was going to change. Because I knew the places they went to and found to be fun weren't necessarily going to be that for me anymore. Because there was something born in me. Man, there was a, a pneuma of God. There was a breath filled with purpose and passion that I had now received that I never had before. I never saw it. So I began to change things. I went home and began to change things and, and knowing that I had to change them and it took some time, but I never cursed again. I never smoked another cigarette. Does that mean people smoking cigarettes are going to hell? I, you know, you go about that between you and Holy Ghost. Let Holy Spirit deal with you. But for me, Holy Spirit put it in me. That's not going to be part of your life. These circumstances, Steve, are not... Because I want you... And you know, let me just tell you something about this new life, this receiving new self. I didn't feel like I was sacrificing anything. We even talked about this last week. I didn't feel like I was giving up anything. I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, I love, my, I love this. I love these places. I love going here. I love watching these movies. I love doing this and I love doing that. And 
I didn't feel like Chris. I was sacrificing anything. You know what? I was actually excited about stepping into a different place. There was something coming alive in me, Stephanie Bosch. Something came alive called the Holy Ghost. I didn't know it at the time, but the anointing of the Holy Spirit that was coming alive in me, and suddenly I was realizing, you know what? I don't even want to be identified with those old things that made me smell like that old guy. I want to be associated with those new things that smell like Dior Sauvage. That's the clone I wear. I want to be a part of that. And it didn't bother me. I didn't sacrifice anything. And lo and behold, as time went on and I began to put on that new self and Holy Spirit helped me put on that new self, you know, I never missed anything. I've never missed a smoke. I've never missed a toke. I've never missed a black molly. I didn't miss any of that. I never missed it. Never wanted it. I never missed an MD 2020. Boone's Farm. <laughs> never missed it. I'm just telling you the truth. I never missed it. Never missed it. Because I was letting Holy Spirit show me how to put on my new self. And I wanted to be that new self He wanted me to be. And by putting on that new self and making myself available to it, let me go to the next thing. I wanted to live from a new perspective. Yeah. It was important to me. I want, and I didn't know how to define these things in the English language, but I wanted to live from a very new perspective. I wanted to see things differently. I wanted to see things like, because from the time I got saved, I can tell you Steve Parker was a passionate person. I was, I am, I am, I was, I think as passionate then as I am now, or maybe it would be said better, to say that I'm as passionate now as I was then. I'm always hungry for what I cannot see that's in Him. I'm as hungry today for what doesn't make sense that will. Because He is that kind of God. So I'm, as I begin to put on that new self, I begin to live... By looking at things differently. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. And let's read beginning with verse 1. And the ESV says this. And then we're going to change direction. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says. If then you have been raised with Christ. I was raised. Raised Judy. I was raised Jaquanda. On that day Steve Parker was raised with Christ. On what day were you raised with Christ? On what day did you go down into that ground, spiritually speaking, one way, and then come out of that tomb another? I was raised. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Not looking up. Not simply looking up. Remember Christ said, listen, why are you gazing up? Why are you looking into the heavens? Don't you have a job to do? I'll come again. Stop waiting for me to come. If I told you what I was going to do, I'm going to do it. I'm a man of my word. And I'm a God of my word. I'm a son of my word. I'm coming. But seek things that are above, things that are holy, things that honor the Father, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So I want to live from a new perspective so that those hidden things 
become visible things. And I can tell you today, in your relationship with Jesus Christ, there are so many things that are hidden away from you until you are old enough to drive the car. But a day will come that He's going to give you the keys and things that have been hidden will become clear. The fog on the window will be wiped away and suddenly what you couldn't see clearly will now become clear. Do you hear me? That's the journey. I have to live with the perspective and had to live with the perspective that all I know to walk in is what I'm familiar with today. I can only be responsible for what He shared with me right now. I can't feel guilty for what some other believer might be walking in, they might be walking in a revelation that is beyond me, it is deeper than me, it is, it's not a revelation to me, I don't understand it, I don't get it, I might not even agree with it fully. I can't walk in that, and you're not expected to walk in that, because as new believers, it, at any point in our life, if we live every day like a new believer, we understand, I can only be responsible, and He only re- holds me responsible, He only holds you responsible for what He has released to yeah. you to you and he will release to you the keys as he sees fit when you are ready to have a key to the car he'll give it to you when you're ready to have a key to the house he'll give it to you when you're ready to have a key to the barn he'll give it to you when you're ready to have a key to this revelation he'll give it to you and here's the cool thing in the kingdom it's not about the age Not about age. So driving the car, getting a key to the car, getting a key to the house doesn't say, oh, that person's older than me or more mature than me. All it says is, you don't need a key to the house right now. And we got to have that, we got to live with that perspective from that perspective. I want to possess the keys that He's given me. And when He's ready to give me more, I'll possess those too. But until that time, I'm going to also... Live with this perspective. I'm going to appreciate the keys that He's given to Kim or to Jenny or to Tom or to whomever. I'm going to appreciate the keys He's given them. I'm going to live with that perspective. I don't have to be the guy that lives with insecurity and has sunglasses on. I want to be loud and proud. I want to be out there and let everybody know this is who I am and I'm happy with where I'm at. Because God's doing a work in me and I'm a brand new creation. I'm something brand new, and I'm living a brand new life. I am changing. My position's different. I'm rearranging things that I used to do for the glory of God. I'm not sacrificing anything. I am gaining everything. So I'm going to say to you, before I change direction here, I want to say to you, those of you that are new believers, you're coming into the kingdom today, maybe you're young in the faith, those of you that have been in the faith for a long time, I want to tell you today, live like today. You are brand new. Live like today was the beginning for you. And I'm, I'm going to say to you with all confidence, the Father is going to honor that in a way perhaps you're going to begin to receive keys you've been waiting on for a long time, but they haven't come because you've been clinging to an old man and he's trying to create a new man no matter where you are in your walk. Can somebody say amen? So I want to do this today. I invited, as I did last week, I invited... Uh, someone to come and to share with us from their perspective on this subject, uh, receiving my new life. And today, I want you to put your hands together and I want you to welcome with me uh, Vanessa Batista as she comes and she's going to share some perspectives with you and I.
morning. Can you hear me? Okay. All right. Let's just. So, I'm Mama Batista. A lot of people know us as the, the Batista, Batista Misfits. And, uh, yeah, you know me as Vanessa Pacheco and Vanessa Batista. <laughs> None of the misfit part, because I fit right in, actually. Um, you know, when Steve invited me to share today, he said, you know, I would like you to share about five minutes about your perspective on this specific uh, subject. And I said, man, five, five minutes seems like just such an eternity. <laughs> you know, but then I think once Yahweh starts speaking to you, your perspective changes because you're like, wait a minute. I mean, I have, I mean that's a lot, you know? <laughs> so I kind of had to like condense it up a little bit. But um, what is receiving my new life? You know, and I couldn't understand what receiving my new life was until I understood the word receiving, right? Because receiving is just, it's when you acquire something, you know, you get something. There's intent when you receive something, right? And um, the father is always intentional when he gives us something. The other thing is, is that when you receive something, you become a receptacle for it, right? So you're holding it. You, uh, you encompass it. You know, it's, it's almost like you have a responsibility over what you're receiving, right? Yeah. The third thing that really blew my mind is that you have to allow something to come in when you receive it. You have authority over it. It's not just this. You can't, you, you, you have to say yes, you know, and you have to grab a hold of it. And I was like, wow, you know, sometimes... You know, that, I guess that's the difference between receiving something and maybe just accepting it, you know. And, and the last thing that I really, really was just marveled when it came to receiving is that when you receive something, you admit it. And it's almost like a patient, right? When you go to the hospital and you're about to be admitted, you know, um, they make room for you, right? They make a bed for you. And what is the intention of making, you know, making room for you? It's for, for them to give you the tools to flourish once you get out. So, you know, so now I, you know, once Yahweh was showing me these things, I'm like, wow, you know, there's so much more to receiving than just taking something, you know. Sometimes as we walk out the kingdom, we need to understand that we need to receive the place that we're sown into, regardless of, of, you know, what it looks like. And we've been learning about this when it comes to, you know, Joseph being sown into the cistern as opposed to being thrown. Um, we also need to learn how to function within that pit, right? Um, because if we don't function correctly in that pit, then are we really receiving what the Father is trying to give us, Right? And we also need to re- remember that we need to prepare for the next thing. So I guess I'm saying that we don't just receive a new life one time, right? And, and you know, Steve was actually touching on that a little while ago. Um, I'm, I want to go right back into the story of Joseph because we're all very familiar with it. But in Genesis 37.3, um, and I'm going to read that for you right now. It says, now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. He was favored. Because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. Joseph was a miracle. 
you know, not many people have children at that age. And he was enthusiastic about the robe that he was given. And he wasn't shy about saying his, you know, speaking his visions and telling his brothers about it. And his brothers were not so much enthusiastic about it. We know the story. I'm not going to go through the whole story. But they stripped him of his coat. And they used that very coat as evidence to their father that he was dead. When indeed, indeed he wasn't. Joseph in that moment when he was sold as a slave, he had to change his garment. It's almost he was stripped of it, right? And he became a slave. And then, it gets better, right? Because in Genesis 39, he's stripped again. You know, and we know the story of Potiphar's wife where she ripped his garment. And so he, so he went from the favored to the slave to a prisoner, right? And in the physical, she ripped his garments. We know that. But in the spirit, she was prepping him for the prison that would get Jesus closer to Pharaoh, right? So I guess we can gather this. Joseph just wasn't any son. He was favored. He wasn't just any prisoner because, well, he wasn't any slave. Because if you know the story well, you know that he did less slavier things than the other <laughs> slaves, right? They, they, he stood out. He was, he, was sep- he was separated. And a prisoner, as a prisoner, we know that he was interpreting dreams, right? So Yahweh gave the different gar- garments to Joseph with intention. And the most important part of that is that Joseph received them with intention, right? No matter what he was wearing, and I'm going to read this because this is important, he, was, he always stood out above the rest, and he prospered in every role that he was sewed into, right? Joseph knew what he was supposed to wear. He knew it. He knew what garment, in his visions when the father spoke to him, he knew what he was supposed to wear. And there was no road to Potiphar and to Pharaoh unless his brother's hated and despised him and his garment. So, you know, we we know the story, right? Genesis 41, all of a sudden, Pharaoh's giving him a ring, some new clothes. And what else did he give him? He gave him a gold chain, right? Because he realized that Joseph could interpret his dreams. And then, 45... Genesis 45, right? His brothers come before him. Now Joseph, he wasn't anymore. He wasn't the, uh, he wasn't on the receiving end on this side, on, on, you know, on this t- at this time. What he did was he was the provider. And he was able to dress his brothers. And it says, you know, to each of them he gave them new clothing. But to Benjamin, and Benjamin was the last born son born after him. Had nothing to do with the whole selling and all that. Um, he gave 300 shekels of silver and five new sets of clothes. Even though Benjamin kind of messed up there somewhere. But um, Joseph received his family back. And they were blessed by receiving new garments. And like I said, the most important part is he went from the recipient to the provider. That's the kingdom, right? Right? So when I was 19 years old, and, you know, I might have to stop a second 
this is kind of a little hard story to say, but when I was 19 years old, I got pregnant from Christian. I was a sophomore in college. I was in military school, and I got pregnant. So, you know, I was sent to a clinic with just enough money to arrive there by train, come back by train, maybe eat a slice of pizza, and some change so that I could make a phone call and let them know that it was done. That's it. That's all I was sent with. And guess what? The person that sends you doesn't even want to be a part of that. No way. You're on your own, right? I say that to say this. I walked into that clinic. They gave me a sonogram, right? Because they need to check and see the gestational age of your fetus, right? They don't show you the camera. They put the camera away from you. So I was there by myself, cameras away from me. I said, hey, can I, no, no, ma'am, you can't look. I sit down, they take all my information. I'm almost ready to pay. I was given a check because maybe I wasn't trustworthy enough to have the cash, you know, whatever. And I said, ma'am, can I see the sonogram? Because they have to keep it for their records. And... She said, I can't do that. It's illegal. And I said, illegal? I said, look, if you show me that sonogram, I will walk out of here right now. I will walk out of here. And she just, with her fingers, you know, kind of slipped it out. And I saw that thing, that promise, that I just, how could you not receive that thing, I said, you know? And I walked out of there. And I remember walking out of there. I remember walking out of there. And God didn't say anything to me. But it was a tangible thing. It was this. He said to me, you're covered. That kid, Christian. That kid, Christian. That kid, Christian, is going to be promised. He, you receive him, you've received me. And let me tell you, any, and Christian is a a witness to this, any obstacle that we've come across, because we've chosen to receive, I received him in my womb. I received him in my womb, right? Because I decided on that day to receive him, I'm here today. That's why. I am going to tell you three things. Three things that this new life, and this is, this is a changing thing. We know this, right? All the time. I want a new life, all, I want a, a new life every day. Twice, twice a day if I can. All right? Twice a day if I can. I'm so thankful that Yahweh gives us an opportunity for a new life. Because how boring would it be if we had one chance? Imagine if we just said the Lord's Prayer, Steve, one time. And then we messed up after that. I mean, how horrible would that be? What hope does a person have when they have one chance? The second thing is that there's no better evidence of new life than the fruit of receiving what was intended for me. Not what's intended for Steve and not what's intended for Kim, but what's intended for me, what's intended for me in this house, 
what's intended for me in the community. And being intentional in my new life's function is the only way to go from glory to glory to glory, right? There's a huge difference between accepting healing and receiving it. So many people walk up to the pulpit all the time. We see it time and time again. Give me healing. I give you healing. You accept it. You accept it. You accept it, but you don't receive it, right? No way. We don't want that. I want to acquire it. And like I said in the beginning, I want to take hold of it. And I want healing to access me. I don't need to access healing. Healing will access me. And I want to admit it so that, guess what? I can get the tools and I can function. And I can just, I can just, you know, grab a hold of what is next. So that's all I have to share. Thank you. Wow. Come on, come on. Hallelujah. You know, I love, I love when Holy Spirit begins to put things together in a way that are unexpected. And you don't know what's happening sometimes when it's happening. But man, when you get to see the fruit of the end of that happening, suddenly everything makes sense. Thank you, Vanessa. Well, I know you're watching. Whether you're in this room or you're on the other side of that camera, I know that you're hearing and I know that you've heard what Holy Spirit's doing in this place today, what He wants to do in lives. He wants you to receive everything that He has given you. Receive your new life. Don't measure that new life based on how long you've had this one. Receive your new life because you have a new life promised every single day day every single day father I lift my voice over the people that are in this room and over the people that are watching online today I lift my voice in agreement with your word and spirit over those who are listening to this and it may not be live it may be down the road but into whoever's ear this word comes into whatever eye gate this word enters I pray today Holy Spirit that you will cause your word to be the effective seed you sent it to be let every single heart be changed and I'm going to pray this and join my faith to the faith of this people that anyone receiving this word anyone receiving this word can make no other choice but to receive what you have given them let this word have 100% effectiveness in the heart and the spirit and the mind of every single hearer be glorified today May your kingdom, Father, be increased today because I believe people are watching right now that are receiving Christ not because 
we're leading them in a sinner's prayer. But because you are leading them into a relationship, they are forgiven today because they are repenting a supernatural repentance. Not one that lands only in the mind, but one that lands in the spirit. Be glorified today in the life of every single witness that is gathered today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Come on, put your hands together. Hallelujah. I'm going to encourage you today. I'm going to add to all the encouragement you've received today this. I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. Do not let the rock be the best kept secret in Central Florida. Do not let what the Father's doing in your life in this house and among us in this house be the best kept secret in Central Florida. People don't get to the rock anymore because of that big wall out there by accident. I mean, you have to be intentional to get here. The county has not helped us in that. But I'm going to tell you today, do not, your voice will change a life because the Father's voice within yours can be heard if you'll talk. Invite someone to join you. Invite someone to come next Sunday. Invite them to come. You might be hesitant because you think they might not. Maybe they had a bad experience with the kingdom. Maybe they had a bad experience with a pastor, with a preacher, with a church, with a person, with a whoever, Sunday school teacher. I don't know. It's irrelevant. First of all, we don't have Sunday school teachers. So they can't hold that against us. Invite them. You might be surprised. Live the gospel that He has breathed into you with the fullness of the pneuma that it was sent with. Amen? Love you. Bless you.